Welcome to the Creative Moment Podcast. Brought to you in association with Marketeers. On the latest of our Creativity Matters series of podcasts, I'm talking to Laura Jordan Bambark, who's Chief Creative Officer at Grey London. Laura joined Grey in May this year, so after the start of lockdown. Before that, she was Chief Creative Officer at Mr. President. She's also been a president of DNAD and is one of the authors of Creative Superpowers, Equip Yourself for the Age of Creativity. Before I start, just a reminder that the deadline for the Creative Moment Awards entries is coming up. It's on September the 25th. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Should we start uh, your recent move to Grey, shall we? It's been, uh, I guess it's been pretty interesting, isn't it? Because you joined uh, as Chief Creative Officer, as I said, in May. So presumably mm-hmm. you haven't met many of your team yet. Is that, is no. that <laughs> In fact, I met the first people in my creative team today. Wow. It's been really lovely, just a few. Uh, we're not going back to the office for two weeks still, but uh, a little bit of an early introduction. So how's that, what's that been like? I mean, how do you... I mean, clearly you're not the only person who's joined a, and been recruited to a business mm-hmm. during the lockdown. So, but, but what, you know, what is it, has it sort of felt actually okay or has it been quite challenging? You know what, it's, it's definitely been different. Um, I think there have been things that have been really lovely about it in a way. I think I've got to know people very well because they're, you know, it's mostly one-to-one. We're in our houses. It's a much more open kind of forum so I think I probably know a lot more about the people in my team and the people I work with than I otherwise would. Um, but it obviously has challenges and the biggest of that, those is really, uh, is creativity and, you know, missing the seren- serendipitous nature of creativity um, that makes the work really exciting and kind of fills your tank full of ideas and inspiration. And I think that has been the toughest bit for all of us. Yeah, I was going to come on to that, but yeah, I, I mean, as you raise that now, let, let's go have that conversation, shall we? I mean, it, some, it's a difficult one, isn't it? There's, there's elements of, of that, that creative process that, that can happen alone, quietly, where you're, you know, you're in a, in a space and have room to think, but clearly there's, there's also elements of it that, where you need that interaction um, uh, and all those things you just discussed. Is, it, is that just quite personal? Is it different people act in different ways or is it uh, yeah, overall, think, is it a problem? I, I, think it's, I think it is personal. Um, I think it also depends on the kind of creativity that you're sort of embarking on. So obviously if you're an author, quiet and solitude is actually really beneficial because it's coming from your, yourself and your experience and what have you. I think, and, and you know, an artist also, I think where the challenge is, is working in, I guess, more commercial art or more, more commercial creativity, like advertising. Uh, you know, the way that we work is much more collaborative and we feed a lot of, you know, ideas maybe that we'll see for something that doesn't quite fit with what we're doing that we can sort of feed back. And I know part of the artistic process is to go out into the world and pull that stuff in and, and work from it. But certainly within an agency environment, you rely a lot on the people around you to, you know, to see the thing that you haven't seen or do the thing that you haven't done. And, and that sharing is really, really important. And that's, that's been really, really tough. I think for everyone, as I said, some people more than others, some people are very, very happy on their own, uh, but they tend to be, you know, when you're in that craft stage of the process, for example, if you're designing something or if you're working through a 
project. So that initial ideas, you know, that, that's why the idea of the creative team, you know, was born, even though, again, some people prefer not to work in a team. Um, it's just having that person in front of you to bounce things off, I think, sure. has been harder. And clearly people have tried to do that virtually, but you're kind of saying it's not quite the same. Yeah, it's, it's not quite the same. It's, it's kind of almost the same. We're definitely functioning, getting work done, doing some brilliant stuff. But I think for the most part, that's the bit people are missing. Okay. So it's sort of, I don't, I don't want to put, put words in your mouth, but clearly we, we all want to thrive again and not just survive. And, and you saw it for, for many people and for many of us, having that, that face-to-face interaction is going to be a key part of that, of that, of that getting back to... To, to a thriving creative sector. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, the other thing to say is that as wonderful as video messaging is, and it is brilliant, and we will never go back to having everyone in the office again, um, there, you know, there's a certain kind of Zoom exhaustion that's <laughs> in it harder to spend, you know, nine hours a day or what have you talking to someone over video conferencing. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the telephone myself, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, when we, when we spoke before, you said that um, one of the creative opportunities to, that were, you know, through the lockdown um, was that many stereotypes have disappeared from our lives, from just society and, and, and all of our, our, our environments that we live in. What, what did you mean by that? Why is that an opportunity, would you say, for creative, creativity? Yeah, look, I think, you know, as tough as some things about creativity have been, the exciting thing is all of those stories that we have told in advertising, you know, over and over again, are no longer necessarily true, right? And they might be stereotypes, but they're certainly tropes. For example, you know, if you think about how you might advertise cold and flu medicine, for example, everywhere all over the world the message is the same you take the tablet you go back to work you take the tablet you go back to work you soldier on um and that's just not an appropriate message to convey anymore in the midst of covid or even you know sort of post covid i think that's going to be you know a difficult conversation to negotiate so what is the alternative story now that we tell is it about um that your responsibility is is around caring and you know you take the cold and flu medicine and that actually enables you to um, you know, care for your family and care for your the people you work with by not going into the office. So, you know, that that could be one thing. It could be, you know, the the classic uh, laundry detergent or softener kind of thing where you've got the man or the woman and they've ironed their shirt and they're about to go off to a job or go off to their job interview and what have you and they're you know on the the, the crowded tube or it's something around your breath and it's a crowded tube or deodorant or you're around other people. None of those stories hold up now. So what are the alternative stories that we can tell? So I think the, the exciting thing is that that's all open to us at the moment. It's open to us to discover what those new stories are. Yeah, sure. It's interesting. And, and there's so many, as you were talking there, there's so many elements, di- different sort of circumstances like that, that I can sort of picture where, and, and so in the sense that there, there's more of a vacuum for new stories to be told, I suppose, is kind of what you're saying on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the, the little things and then, you know, the, these big sweeping changes that have, the, that have happened probably relatively permanently, I think, in, in terms of how we interact and what our work is like and how we touch each other and how we greet each other. And, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot to, to explore. Yeah, it seems to be going on and on. There's no, no doubt about that. <laughs> 
Um, no, no, as a, you know, bearing in mind this is a creative industry podcast, I just, every now and again, I like to sort of pinch ourselves a little bit. We, we all like to think that creativity is the, you know, the most important thing, yeah. um, don't we? But, but, you know, bearing in mind what's going on in the world at the moment with COVID-19 and, and dare I say, a few other pr- pr- pretty, mm-hmm. pr- pretty horrendous things as well. In, in the grand scheme of things, um, how important is marketing creativity right now, would you say? Look, I think after having spent years, you know, really defending what it is that we do and the changes that we can make and, you know, the, the, that kind of purposeful nature of what we can bring to the world, really what we're doing at the moment has never been more important. And what, what I mean by that is our job, our kind of superpower is really taking complicated things and making them simple so that people can understand them, which is just what we need right now. Um, but but also to get the economy started, to work with our clients and to stimulate their businesses and to, you know, make sure that they are on their feet and then the people that they employ are on their feet. And actually, you know, it's incredible power that maybe we hadn't appreciated or it is it, not been so um uh it's not been so obvious before or so needed before, I think. Sure. I'm just, uh, as you're talking now, I was thinking about some of the government communications <laughs> that we've seen. I know, I know. So, yeah, I was, I was going to say, apart from the government communications, which have been very confusing, um, but, you know, they're, they're confusing because they're, they've, you know, they've uh, been confusing messages, yeah. Well, yeah, they've also been complicated, haven't they? Um, and yeah. things change. So, uh, yeah, I could, I could argue that, to be fair, on both sides. It hasn't been great, but at the same time, it's been pretty difficult. Um mm. Fine. So just talk us through some of the campaigns you have liked during during the lockdown um, that, that you have sort of that made a difference, I suppose, you know, the, the yeah. ones that you think, yeah, that's that's right on the sweet spot of, of making a difference. And that's important. Yeah. Well, look, you know what? Um, we have actually done a really lovely piece of work here at Grey for Volvo over the lockdown. So that's Volvo globally. It's a social campaign. And, and um, we know that families, parents are actually very nervous about going out and getting back into the world with their kids and around, you know, the, the safety of, uh, of, you know, going out and seeing, seeing the outside world and, you know, where do I go? Where do I go on holiday or where do I go for a trip that's going to be safe? And so we've been working with Volvo to, to create uh, like a lovely content hub, partly content we've created and the local markets have created, partly user generated. Um, all about getting out into the world in a way that's safe by, by looking at these places and actually having a checklist of things that make them safe, you know, no crowds, open spaces, what have you. So um, it's been incredibly successful. Uh, all of the you know, local markets picked it up in places like uh, Switzerland, for example. You know, they've sent influencers to these places to, to, to really, you know, increase the value for, for Volvo. But really what we're providing, and it's the beginning of, I think, something that'll be much bigger, is a service that Volvo can provide around safe transport, you know, safe travel, safe, um, safe exploration of the world, which is, you know, brilliant for Volvo and brilliant for the world. So I think, you know, that in terms of work that's out there that's really made a difference, um, I'm super proud of that having come from Grey here and the social team. You know, but there have been some lovely pieces of work, you know, the... Um, the candles that Uncommon had done have done that, you know, for, for Earl of East that smell like the cinema and the pub and what have you. It, you know, they're fun and they're playful. They're beautifully copywritten. They're beautifully designed. 
but they have kept a small business in the East End afloat. You know, I don't know what would have happened to them otherwise, but actually their business is booming. And you actually see a lot of businesses, you know, who've pivoted and done really amazing things. So whether that's, I think it was LVMH, you know, moved and started to create hand sanitizer rather than, you know, the perfume and what have you. And BrewDog did the same. Um, you know, there, there are enormous, uh, there's been an enormous amount of brilliant creativity that has actually made a difference yeah. over, over COVID time. And a lot of it has been at that business level, hasn't it, as well? It hasn't just been at the communications level. Some of it has been, there's yeah. been some good communication stuff as well, but a lot of it's been at the, uh, maybe a pivoting business or, or, or a saving business element, actually. So it's been, that's quite interesting, isn't it? It's taken on a, a, a more important um, element of that, really. Yeah, yeah, ab absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, it's interesting to see that and see where our creativity can go during a time of crisis when, I guess, you know, brands potentially need more help or more support or more partnership, you know, how we can contribute above and beyond and also with the, the advertising. Yeah, it, I just listened to you talk there. It's quite, there's a lot of difference in the tone of voice on some of those campaigns, isn't there? I mean, at the start, everything became quite samey. I think naturally and, and fair enough in many ways because yeah. you know, that's where the world was for those two weeks. Um, but it's been quite a, 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 you know, some of them are humorous, some of them are more serious, some of mm -hmm. them are, 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 are practical. Um, so there's been a, a range of, 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 of tones in all, in, in all of those ones that you mentioned in terms of that, that you, you like from a success perspective, which is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, people are obviously responding to more purposeful work more, but also I think people are just needing a little bit of entertainment a bit more than maybe what we needed previously. We need to be cheered up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, talking about uh, cheerful things, the, the lockdown's clearly been a tough time for the creative sector, um, you know, broadly, and there's, there's mm -hmm. clearly exceptions to this, but broadly we've seen budgets stretched, clients stretched, and, and as we're alluding to them, some ideas just haven't been appropriate. Um, yeah. It's a bit of a perfect storm, isn't it? It's, it's a tough old time out there. It, it is a tough old time, and, you know, we've had to learn to be much more agile and to be able to kind of pivot on things a lot faster than what we usually would have. I think every agency would say they have had, you know, casualties in terms of brilliant pieces of creative work that just haven't happened. Um, but also have created beautiful things that otherwise also wouldn't have happened. So we work with Vodafone Island here and we had, you know, a large piece of work sort of in pre-production and COVID happened and the stories aren't appropriate and you have to change things and to change the stories. And actually the story, I mean, we found four really lovely stories, but, but my, my favorite is, you know, this wonderful story of this young boy who's in his, supposed to be in his school dance recital and, you know, gets the letter saying, obviously it's canceled and he can't go. And so he recreates his dance performance in his lounge room in front of his family on the phone you know, the entire room transforms, but, you know, we were able to do that because it's one actor and it's using uh, uh, projection to sort of expand the room and to, to create otherwise what, what we would have done in other ways. And it's such a sweet, sweet, sweet piece of work and such a sweet story and a story of now. Um, and there's something really, you know, there's something really lovely about being able to, to make something like that that you never would have expected. 
Sure. Um, and as I'm just going back to you, really, uh, in terms of your story a little bit, as I mentioned, you you joined Grey London in May. Mm-hmm. Um, how has it been? I mean, it's, it's hard enough trying to lead a team via Zoom. I know it's not literally always via Zoom, but to try and lead a new team via Zoom mm-hmm. must have been really difficult. Yeah, but you know what? The team here uh, have been just, um, you know, I'm just incredibly lucky that the team here, the creative team, the agency have been so supportive, actually. You know, I'd say the whole of Grey has been very supportive and there's been a lot of contact with with me around, you know, have I got everything that I need and how am I going to, you know, that I think I, I felt very, very supported even though it's been at a distance. It is hard, uh, but again, as I said, um, it's given me an opportunity to know everyone one on one, which is also really nice. Yeah, you so to, in a way, I know my team really well. Yeah, yeah, and people are people are more, more prepared to open up. I think somehow another the last six months, and perhaps they were previously. You know, you you, you do get to know people on a, on a different level quite often. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the problems of working during the lockdown for such a prolonged period, mm-hmm. and, and you know, we, this podcast will come out in a week or so's time. But it, we've just had the the. the, the the Boris's new announcement yesterday um, is that the it really has seen it's different for people like us at the sort of senior end of our careers but the, the junior creatives out there and junior yeah. people broadly, mm-hmm. not just in this sector it's there is a danger it has a pretty serious impact on their yeah. medium yeah. term long term of their careers right yeah I think this has been uh, this has been the toughest thing. So, you know, I've come in to run a team, but I have a wealth of experience previously about how to do those things. Um, and although I need to learn and grow for, you know, more junior teams, more junior creatives, for people just coming out of college at the moment, it's so hard because you're effectively coming, you know, out and into the industry or you're kind of in this industry where you can't just walk up to someone anymore and say, what do you think of this? How would you do it differently? All of that, and that's what I was talking about, the, the bits that are missing that we really need to get back and, and you know, for, so that we thrive. Yeah, absolutely. That that personal growth and the, the learning that you get from being around people who can do it better than you or differently to you is, um, is, is we're missing a lot. Yeah, it's difficult. You try and, you know, we've all looked around and we for the, for the tech that might help us with that, but it's, it's yeah. in the end it's it's a you know it's a, a video call yeah at the moment anyway wrapped up in various different ways but it's it it's great but it is limiting limiting isn't it it is you know i'm really impressed by what the school of communication arts are doing actually and we're in, investigating uh putting something onto their virtual you know creating a virtual gray in their virtual campus or sort of a wpp building or something in their virtual campus you know they were quite amazing they managed to move from a physical um, college to a virtual college very quickly and their system gives a little bit more so you know everyone has their own office and you can decorate your own office and you can see who's in there and you can walk over to the office and have a chat if you want to just because of the interface right. I think those kinds of things looking at different kinds of interfaces rather than just the flat video screen um, actually help quite a lot right. so yeah you know, they're also using, I think, Miro in terms of uh, being able to kind of put things up and share and comment on stuff on a, on a virtual wall as well. So, again, it's kind of replicating something you've got in real life. Yeah, there's no doubt the tech, the tech that's available now is 
whether it's just become more um, easily found, but it's definitely improved yeah. since since six months since the yeah. start. Yeah. Um, now, you've, how since you've got to Gray, you've made a fair few changes, right? How have you sort of redesigned its creative process, if you like, since you joined? I think partly it's around just that confidence in in change or I won't say in chaos because it's not been chaos but you know the way that I have always worked coming from a digital background and running my own business is I'm very comfortable with change very comfortable with working on things when I'm not quite sure how how they're going to work I'm very comfortable with kind of throwing myself out there into the unknown and just bringing some confidence around that to the rest of the team I think has been really really important Um, in terms of you know other ways of working we are playing and experimenting at the moment finding what the right kind of thing is Uh, we've got a vision for how we want to come back to work which is you know having this creative day one day a week in the office where we can actually have some of that physical interaction at a safe distance and and you know get over some of those hurdles that we are discovering but that may not even work. So, you know, we're, we're putting all of these things in place and then I think we're just committed to trialing things and adapting to, to how people feel and, and what happens in the outside world. Yeah, it's one of the challenges, isn't it? The rules keep changing in terms of what you can yeah. and can't do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there was only like two weeks ago, I think we were all planning maybe that we could go to a pub and have a drink in a park together. And obviously that's not going to happen now. Um, but we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. I don't know. You just I, I don't know about you. I have sort of for various things. I have multiple scenarios playing that um, to, yeah. things that you might or may not be able to do depending yeah. on depending okay. on what Boris says next week. But, yeah. Uh, well, one of the most interesting things is um, because we work a lot across offices, so kind of in a more borderless fashion within Grey. Um, and I think that's always been something that people have done as a last resort, or it hasn't really worked in the way it should and this has really forced that that those ways of working so actually in a way those things are working a lot better so you know we've got yeah yeah i mean it's all over the world the colleague in india is basically as near as the colleague down the road in in yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah no without doubt that's true um so funny just tell me about the the ready for business scheme that you you've been you're you're launching with tony cook yeah absolutely so uh about three years ago or so, this amazing man, Dave Evans, approached me, who is the, the founder and CEO of Ready for Business. And we started talking about this idea called House Foundations, which is setting up an actual academy for um, disadvantaged young adults to learn about the world of work and about how to run a business through kind of a mutual interest in house music. So bringing in some DJs and what have you, but also bringing in, you know, incredibly senior people from business and politicians and leaders in sport and what have you to to inspire and to mentor these cohorts of students so that's kind of where it started and then after we'd worked through this for quite some time obviously COVID hit and we'd also been given challenges through some of the the amazing CEOs we talked to about how would you scale this project and so we started with Tony to develop this idea called Ready for Business and it's an online personalized mentoring program uh, that uses psychometric profiling to connect disadvantaged young adults with people in business. Um, but, you know, these, these young adults often, you know, they might not know what options 
they have for work. So, we, we, you know, the, the horrible government term is NEET, not an employment, education or training. They might not know what they want to do. They might have been told they're not going to amount to much, which is certainly Dave's experience of being told he should be a bin man. Um, you know, the, the, there's a lack of ambition in society around what young people can do if they don't come, you know, from a certain background. And if their parents and their family and the people around them don't also know what's out there. So the idea is that rather than connecting them with a business coach, you can coach them in what they want to do. We're going to raise the ambition of these young people by connecting them with people who are like them through this psychometric profiling. And that allows them to understand a bit more about themselves, what obstacles they might overcome. It removes a lot of bias, you know, unconscious and otherwise, because you're not being connected on someone's name or profession or, you know, dreams and ideals or what have you. You're being connected because psychologically they are like you. So... That is the platform which we're crowdfunding for at the moment. Obviously, the businesses um, can put, sort of any business can put people through as mentors. What the mentors get out of it is basically leadership training and all of those things which are really brilliant but really expensive potentially in the, the time of COVID as well. So it's, it's sort of a, a good model for businesses to get their people trained up and a good model for young people to, to get the the skills and mentoring that they need. And we know how powerful mentoring is. You know, it's one of the most powerful tools to actually kind of break out of where you are and and get to somewhere better. So the, the psychometric test just matches the, the mentor and the mentoree. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they don't have to be within the same time. No. The, the mentoree hasn't decided they want to be, have a specific career at that point. It's just purely down to the personality type. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and how do, how do you find the applicants or how do they find you? You know, because they're clearly, they're not going to be people who are necessarily that familiar with the creative sector. Currently. No, and this isn't a creative platform either. It is for all businesses, for all kinds of work, not just for the creative industries. Um, you know, the, the young people are found through, you know, there are lots of organisations like the Princess Trust, for example, that, that work with young people. Uh, and in terms of the, the, you know, the businesses, as I said, you know, going out to businesses because it is incredibly um, good training in leadership and communication at a relatively low cost for them. It also makes sense in terms of, you know, being an investor in people and what have you. Yeah, no, it sounds like a great idea. And one that is definitely going to be needed over the next couple of years, eh? Because it's going to be pretty pretty tough for all of us, but especially... Yeah, well, I, think the, I think the stats really... Appalling, actually. I think it's 792,000 NEETs. So that is, you know, young people without a job, basically. But that's set to double because of COVID. That's wow. an enormous number of young people. I think the, you know, unemployment rate for young people is about 28%. But in some regions, it's more like 48%. So, you know, there's a lot of work to do to help young people, you know, get into the world of work. Uh, and you're crowdfunding for that at the moment, right? So, yes, so yeah. what do people do if they want to give some money to work that? Where do, where do they need to go? The easiest place to go is if you go to www.r4b, letter R, number four, letter B, dot app. Um, there's a link to the crowdfunder there. And you can also read more about the, the you know, the, the platform. And um, there's a really great video that explains everything about what it is that we're doing. Brilliant. Laura Jordan-Bambach. Chief Creative Officer at Grey London. Thanks so much for coming on the show. 
No worries. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Creative Moment podcast. If you've liked the show, please subscribe and give us a decent review on iTunes. 